Praise the Lord, church. God is good. Amen. So, Psalm 2711, one of my absolute favorites, one that tugs at my heart and also humbles me at the same time. It reads, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Praise God, you may be seated. The writer said, lead me, show me, teach me, God, because I, I need you, your help to walk right. And, and the enemy is looking for every little stumble that he can find in my life to take advantage of it and to capitalize on it. So I need you. Some other verses that we can look at. Psalm 5.8 reads, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. 25 and 5 of Psalms. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. And the last of this little cluster, 143 and 10 of Psalms. Teach me to do thy will. That is a big one, amen. For thou art my God, thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. We need God's help. We need his direction in every moment of our life. I need his counsel. I need him to counsel me on how I go and where I go. When it's left up to me, it doesn't turn out well. And if that does not have a home, if that request does not have a residence in your prayer life, it ought to. Amen. I have to have it. So we need to seek after him. Read the word and apply it. Don't just be hearers or uh, just intake the word, but also act upon it. Be doers also, laboring and purposing to walk in his will and path. Amen? Attuning ourselves as we move closer to him. Because when our day brings chaos, whether it's something as grand as an earthquake in, uh, in November or just the grind of life. I need what I see in 1 Kings 19.12. Amen. I need that still, small voice. There was after the earthquake and after the fire, that still, small voice. And forgive me, Sister Playel, but I did not give this to you. If we look at, uh, where did we? Never mind, I won't give it to you because I lost it. Praise the Lord. But that still, small voice is keeping us on track, telling us not to go left, not to go right, to go straight, or maybe to go left. But I need to be attuned to that voice. Otherwise, I will miss it. And it applies the direction God gives us. And, and now I'm coming to the point of where 27 and 11 of Psalms has been tugging at me so hard recently. It's been in a humbling way, but a very interesting humbling way. It it, it amazes me that it's, it's a humbling and joyous feeling that God Almighty cares so intimately, so deeply, with such detail about you and I that he's given thoughts to our every step. He's got it figured out for us. If we go to Genesis 1.16, the very same God that is right here, God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser to rule the night. The end of this verse blows my mind every time. Completely blows it out of the water. He made the stars also. 
This almost sounds like it was done nonchalantly or casually. It, it seems like it needed very little attention because of his immense power. I mean, that's like somebody walking in the room. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, you know, went and hung out. I ran an ultra marathon, just did a couple things. It's, it's got that same magnitude to me of, of you just did that? That was just a casual happenstance. You created the cosmos. And that very same God is the same God that's in Luke tw 12, 7, who says the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Amen. He could create the cosmos in a couple of words and still cares about my path. It makes me humble to think that mighty God almighty cares like that about how we move. But it brings me such joy. It energizes me when I think about the fact that I have got a path I can follow. That if I stick to it, if I keep going, if I keep putting the right in and get everything bad out, that there is a path laid out for me. It is humbling but exciting. So I don't know whether I want to fall on my face or I want to shout with joy. So we may as well do both. Amen. Hey, 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 hey. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Reverend Sister Erickson, would you do do the honor, please? Okay. Brian. I am reading today, Sister Playo, from Proverbs chapter 1. appreciate the preaching I've been hearing lately in here. You guys are working hard at it. It encourages me. It encourages me. I had, I had lunch with Brother Parrish this week. We were talking about the state of the church and all that. And I told him that. I said, he asked about how many men we have that preach, how many men and women we have that got so many in here, thank God. I can't give them all ample time. You know, difficult. That's, that's a good problem. Hallelujah. I am reading this morning from Proverbs chapter 1. I'd ask you to tell me who wrote Proverbs chapter 1, and you would tell me Solomon, of course. And you would be right. Son of David. For the marshal, he was the wisest man that ever sat on the throne of Israel or that lived on the planet Earth. That's quite a, quite a title to be attached to you. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, the Bible said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Is there anything more true than that? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Solomon said, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Two times the man mentions instruction. And my title today is Read the Instruction. I, I said this 20 years, 20 plus years ago. 
to my knowledge, I hadn't heard anybody mention that before in here, in this place, I mean. But after I said that, I was amazed at how many people mentioned it while they were ministering or speaking. So it just means to me that we're all cut out of the same cloth. My brother could put models together as a kid, Brother Carl, intricately. I'd watch him. He'd put the motor in and then in the whatever those little models all required, tailpipe, Brother Ken, all doors. Yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd hang them from the ceiling of his room. I'm like, I'd just sit there foaming at the mouth in awe. And then I'd say, I can do that. Brad, when I opened the box, first thing I threw away was the instructions. This should be elementary. Door goes to the side of the car. Duh. And when I got done, he'd shake the box and it'd be like, parts left around. And that just was just one thing in my life. I'd start. Read the instructions. But that takes time. That means you've got to control yourself. Calm down. Focus for a moment. Read the instructions. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness today and your mercy. All that you're doing and have done in our life, the future, the past, the present, is all in your hand, and we give you all the glory for it, God, this morning. ask you to bless your people, feed your people, encourage your people. Wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you today. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Man. Some time ago, I started talking or teaching on advice. Funny thing about advice, supply always exceeds demand. And everybody has something to say about your life, your kids, your home, your vehicle, your job, your finances. And it's not always bad. Sometimes advice needs to be listened to. The instructions are the instructions for a reason. There's something contained in that page that I need to see or I need to connect with emotionally. And just like the retail economy out there, I, every year I hear someone say it, I think they're putting Christmas displays out year earlier every year in a disgruntled type expression. Those things are all seasonal, and retail markets are pushed. You sold $1,000 worth of Christmas trees last year, your goal is 2000 this year. And someone higher than you is pushing you. Numbers, 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 numbers. And we're born in that in the retail economy, and so they get the idea as soon as Halloween is over, we got to put Thanksgiving issues out. And as soon as Thanksgiving is over, well, not even that late now, but Christmas. we got to get that in your train of thinking because it means money. It means revenue to the, to, the, to the retailer. But it's all seasonal. You're not going to find Christmas trees on sale in July. They're smarter than that. They know you're not interested. And advice can be seasonal. Sometimes advice is stern and straight when you won't listen to nobody in life. Someone's got to tell you something. Get right in your choppers and tell you. Listen to me. 
How many of you are told in life, don't burn your bridges? That's not really something you like to hear, but when you tell an employee, a fellow employee, I'm sick of my boss, he or she has told me off for the last time, I'm walking out at lunchtime. And someone along the way will tell you, don't burn bridges, don't do it that way. It's not what you want to hear because your flesh wants to say, And someone will tell you, don't burn bridges. If you start burning bridges now, you'll establish a pattern in your life and you'll always burn another bridge. Sometimes that seasonal advice is less demanding. Maybe you need advice on how to stay calm and maybe you've got an abundance of things coming your way and someone will give you advice like, now listen, calm down. Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. You're spending money out there knowing the boss promised you a raise. You're signing the paperwork, committing to a, a lifetime contract when you don't. What you looking at him for, sister? <laughs> Leave him alone, sister. Leave him alone. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. That's good advice. Advice can be seasonal. Depending on where you're at, someone somewhere will make sense to you. Whether or not I hear it and listen to them is a different story. There's a lot of advice that's cheap and shallow and meaningless, and you haven't been through anything. Brother Corey, I don't want people advising me that haven't been through anything. If you haven't raised a kid, don't talk to me about how to deal with a troubled teenager. All right? I know you mean well. I know, I know they mean well. But advice can be seasonal, depending on what you're going through in life. It can be profound, simple, or in your face. Three points I want to make today out of this statement that Solomon made in Proverbs 1, verse 7 and 8 concerning advice. And it's probably somewhere along the line, if you had a parent that even remotely cared, even remotely cared, and that may not mean all of you. If you had a father figure in your life, a mother figure in your life, somewhere they told you something along the lines that I'm going to tell you today, or I'm going to copy out of Solomon's advice. Might seem random, but give me a moment. And I promise you, if you're under the age of 30, listen to what I'm saying. How old are you, brother? And I'm talking about you. Read your instructions, brother. As a rule, as a rule means there can be exceptions. These are good young men. I know that. These are good-hearted boys and good-hearted girls here. But as a rule, number one that I extract from Solomon's advice today, to people that age bracket, that category, it's going to seem like I'm preaching with two heads to you today. It's not anybody's fault. It's just society today. We've heard this. You've heard this since you were an infant. But it's going to seem like I'm speaking another language, I promise you. Number one, don't expect you to clap, just expect you to think. Number one, 
about solid advice that's not seasonal. Is it good in December as it is in January or July? It doesn't matter what you're going through, hard and serious, or, or something innocent and shallow. Number one piece of advice someone gave me is honor your word. Keep your word. And the reason I address the younger generation is because to me, and maybe I was the same way at 27 or 28. I probably was. But it seems to me like people break promises today, and they don't even think about it. They don't even bat an eye. I know I told you I'd be there. I know I told you I'd supply this. I know I told you I'd give you a ride. I know I told you I'd help you here or there or not help you there. And don't even think twice about breaking that word. Keep your word, because your word is your bond. Look at, look at, watch for me out there. Be my eyes, would you? Some people are already disconnecting from me. Oh, we've heard this before, Pastor Harry. Keep your word. Your word is your bond. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 37, let your yea be yea yeah. and your nay be nay. You know what he was saying, Brother Justin? Just tell me what it really is going to be. If it's no, tell me no. But if it's yes, then tell me yes. Your word is your bond. Two pieces of rope. I didn't bring Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts. Remember to swear or not? Your word is your bond. Your bond means something tied together. That's what a bond means. It's tied together. You, the person, young or old, male or female, happy or unhappy, you, the person, and your word are tied together. And I don't care what excuses you make or I make for, not, for failing and abusing my promises to you, you are what your word tells everybody you are. Keep your word. It means a lot more than just some flipping little, flippant little thing in society. Keep your word. And if you can't keep your word, I can remember my dad telling me as a, as a you know, an unhappy teenager, son, if you told me you're going to do this, you need to just do it. I depended on you. I went out on the limb for you. I was there waiting on you. What's the big deal, Dad? It's just that you told me. That's the big deal. A bond means tied together. You, the man, you, the dad. Oh, we're going to get quiet in here in a minute. You, the mom, and your word are a bond. You're tied together. So when you tell that child, I'm going to go to your Little League game, thank you. I'm going to go to your piano recital, but you're always too busy. Got to work two hours overtime to make that extra hundred bucks tonight. Guess what? Before long, that child, if, if you repeat that pattern, I'm saying, there are times you flat out have to work, someone's sick, I get it. But I'm talking about people who break their word and keep breaking their word. And it just becomes, it becomes normal to them. 
And sooner or later, that little six-year-old girl, that little five-year-old boy goes, Dad, I got a game tonight. Mom, I got a recital tonight. Whatever it might be. Can you come? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll, I'll get there. I may come in last minute, but I'm coming. And you know what that kid is saying? Dad promised me. Dad gave me his word, and he's bound to his word. Oh, but once again, where's Dad? Hello, somebody. You, the person, and your word form a bond. Brother, your word is your bond. It ties you. I know I'm belaboring the point here. But your word or your bond is the seed for your reputation. It is the genesis, Brother Kenny, the foundation of the, of the reputation a man or woman has. The word. You may think of yourself as anything but a misleader or a liar. But brother, if that's the seed you sow, everybody else just puts up with it. So quiet, some of them even got their eyes closed. I'm guessing they're meditating on what I'm saying right now. Brother Marshall, your word builds your reputation, your, your persona. And I, I agree, we can't please everybody, I know that. But you only have one reputation. You only have one. And I'm not talking about those people that are never pleased with anything you do. I'm talking about everybody else. You only have one reputation in that person's eyes. I'm talking about reading the instructions. Solomon said this in Proverbs 22.1. He said, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. He's not talking about Rockefeller and Kennedy. Surname. He's talking about reputation. A good reputation. You should choose that. You should go after that. It's, wealth, it's worth more than wealth and riches and because you are what your reputation says you are. Hello, somebody. Synonyms for reputation are character, trademark, bond. Hello. Man, we were shouting earlier. Hope, yeah. Keep your word, brother. There are times you can't because situations, they cave in on you. Everybody gets it. There's times I get, I'm telling you late at night, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to the base, whatever. I'm not, I can't be there because this fell apart and that fell apart. But if you keep doing it, watch, here, here's a good checking point of your own life. If you constantly are trying to make up reasons why you can't keep your word, then you, then you have, you have soiled your, your bond. If you're always having to tell somebody something, you're stretching it a little bit. Then now you're into the air of your reputation. Keep your word. Anybody's dad or mom ever tell them, hey, keep your promises, son. Hey, daughter, just do what you say you're going to do. Talk's cheap, right? 
Keep your word. Second thing I want to give you advice on today is something that is not seasonal as well. It fits anywhere, anytime, in any situation, in any family, in any home. Ready for this? Number one, keep your word. Number two is you reap what you sow. Ah, you reap what you sow. That always is the case. Oh, we, we should be so thankful for the grace of God, Brother Tosin, today. Because some of us, some of us have reaped things that if we, or we've sown things, pardon me, that it, when it comes time to reap, whoo, it does. You're right. That's, I'm just going to quote that. The New Agers call it karma. Galatians 6, verse 7. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now that's word of God. You reap what you sow. Karma. What goes around, comes around. Divine providence. However you, however you want to put it or paint it today. Eye for an eye. If you steal, if you habituate stealing, someone's going to give it right back to you. I'm not saying I'm not saying that someone stole the gas can off your motorcycle last week. That that was just something coming back to you, or maybe it was. That's just some evil forces out there working, you know, and sometimes we become the wrong end of that line. But I can guarantee you, if you practice things like that, you're sowing seeds that God's going to demand you reap. That's just the way it is. Number one, keep your word. If you made a promise, keep it. If, if there's any way possible, keep it. Number two, reap what you sow. Remember that. Remember that when you're spreading gossip about somebody on, on the job? Reap what you sow. Remember that when someone, someone you don't like above you in authority on the job and you're trashing them to every, all, all the other employees? You reap what you sow. And God is an amazing score sheet. He knows everything. Check out these scriptures. Proverbs 14, 14. This is, we're going to show them a split screen here of the New International Version and the Contemporary English Version. Solomon said, Proverbs 14, 14. Brother Joe, read that left side, please. Will be fully repaid for their ways. Huh? Brother Brad, read that right side, Contemporary English. Hey. Can't get much plainer than that. You don't, you don't put apple seeds in the ground and expect an oak tree to grow. You don't put cotton seeds in the ground in Mississippi and expect peach trees to grow. You get what you plant. You might look at your kids and just say, ah, Dad, you're born rebellious. I pushed everything to the line, to the limit. 
every authority. I challenge everything. That's mean. It might feel good. And guess what? That same boy is going to grow up. That same girl going to grow up, and she's going to get in your face and say, I challenge every line. Yours, mom's. Because you harvest what you plant. Well, 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 well. Keep your word. You reap what you sow in Proverbs eleven eighteen, common English Bible, please. Brother Pell, please, sir. Yeah. Just confirmation of what I'm trying to say today. So no surprises here. Keep your word and remember you reap what you sow. Never hurts to be kind. Never hurts to be forgiving. Never hurts to give people another chance. Never hurts to be loving. Because sooner or later, Brother Michael, we're gonna need we're gonna need that forgiveness. We're gonna need that love. We're gonna need that acceptance. All right. And I'm saving the best for last, although I'm feeling something come on me here in a moment as moment open. I can assure you, I'm not just sermonizing you. My dad told me this so many times, you're sick of hearing this, okay? But I don't apologize. <laughs> number one, keep your word. Number two, you reap what you sow. Num number three, though, is God will never let you down. Never let you down. God will never let you down. You might be going, oh, who isn't going through something today? Let me put it that way. I'm telling you this. Church members will let you down. Family people, will, family members will let you down. People on the job will let you down. Your best friend will let you down eventually. Anybody that you is breathing, if you give them a chance, they'll let you down. But God will never let you down. Never. You won't live long enough. To see the day God lets you down. Oh, I wish I could make you a mouse in my pocket and take you to the back corner of my dad's shop there. When one day he said, I, I don't know, I, I tried not to share stuff that I do for a living with my dad. I, I tried not to, but it, I obviously was wearing it on my countenance. And he just did that broken finger thing. I want to talk to your son over in the shop. We went over there. I'm talking about grown man here. And he said, I want you to remember something. God has been good to you no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're dealing with, God's been good to you. And it's not, it's not earth shattering. It's not profound. But it was something I needed to hear. I was driving off the road in my life. God will never let you down, brother. She might let you down. I hope she doesn't. But God will never let you down. I'm just pastoring you now. He may let you down. I pray he doesn't. But God will never let you down. <laughs> Bible said, 1-9 Corinthians, God is faithful. You know what that means, Brother Walter? Rain or shine, good mood or bad mood, people hate me or people love me, I'm broke or I got a dollar in my pocket, no matter what I'm going through, no matter if I'm angry, depressed, discouraged, happy, God is faithful. 
always, everywhere, in every situation. Why do I struggle to remember that? God is faithful. And in Psalm 27, verse 10, he says, When my father and my mother forsake me. I know I've gotten texts from some of you that are, tired, are over it. You're, you're over it with me talking about David. But I, you're just going to have to wait till the next pastor comes along because it's in my train of thought. You understand me? You just take the time to look through Solomon or through Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, or Song of Solomon, and look what kindred nature was in David and lived in Solomon. They so frequently talked about my son or my father, my mother or my son. It was family structure was in their, in their thinking. You know what he's saying, Brad? My family may fall to pieces. God's going to be faithful. God's going to be faithful. I'm feeling something building inside my heart. Jesus said in Hebrews 13, 5, or Paul said about the Lord, I should say, if Paul wrote that, he was wrong. <clears throat> I will never leave you. What about when I'm angry with you, God? Well, now, that's a different story. No. I will never leave you. What about, what about when I totally disappoint you, God? What about when I act like anything but a Christian, God? What about when I'm a carnal and selfish and sinful and arrogant and cocky and hard-headed? I'll never leave you. Ah. Number one, keep your word. Number two, remember that you reap what you sow. Number three, never forget that God will never, ever let you down. Here's my summary, but I'm feeling like I'm going to urge you to a fourth today. I just popped in my spirit. I'm going to give you a fourth today, all right? Let's just summarize, review real quick. Number one, keep your word, Brother Josh. If at all possible, remember, you are bound to your word. When you tell me you're going to pick me up at 5th and Main because my car broke down, and an hour later I'm going, where are you, Bo? I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Tell me, you told me. I'm depending on you. If your car breaks down, we're both in the same boat, right? Number two, remember, remember you reap what you sow. You can't hide it from God. You're not going to hide it. Number three, don't ever forget. Somebody needs to start telling your kids this. God's never going to let you down. Never going to let you down. But I'm going to throw a fourth in for good measure. I can, I could put every... I don't care if you got 17 degrees. I can consolidate marriage counseling to two seconds. 
I don't care if you laugh at me about how short the ceremonies are, make your little snidely personal innuendo, I can settle marriage counseling in two seconds. I can fix your financial problems in two seconds, if the financial problems are of your own doing. I can fix everything that's wrong at your job if, if it's of your own doing in two seconds. Whatever problem you're dealing with today, if, if your hands are anywhere on it, slightly or greatly, I can fix it in two seconds. You don't need to schedule nine weeks of counseling with me. I would honor you. No, I wouldn't. I'm not, 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 not not nine weeks, all right? That gets into my vacation time, and I'm not coming. Every marriage problem you have, I can fix it in two seconds. Guarantee you I can. It's profound, but it's right out of Scripture. James 4, 17, did I give it to you, sir? Therefore, to him that knows to do good and do it, not to him that is sin. Just do the right thing. Now oh, that's that's deep, isn't it? Do the right thing. I'm not talking about do selfish thing. That's how I express me. Do the right thing. And I don't mean lord over your spouse because you're the master of your home. That's not the right thing. That ain't the right thing. Be kind and fair and loving and considerate because it's the right thing. That's not about right. That's exactly right. Just do the right thing, Brother Bubba. Just do the right thing and all the junk will clear up. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But now to do the right thing sometime, we got to get in that dark little closet of our life. That's, that's, be seated, please. That's that little area that I go to when I'm just in the right frame of mind. No one but me and God and the devil knows I go there once in a while. I deserve it the way she treats me. I deserve it the way he talks to me. I'm just telling you, I can fix it right now. No matter what other people do, if you do the right thing. If you do the right thing. It will solve anything if your hands are on it. If it's not out of your control, and even if it is, you do the right thing. Uh, I mean, you're going to go home and listen to Nathaniel Haney so you didn't feel like you've been preached to on a Sunday morning. If that's the truth, then you're ignoring me today. Keep your word, Brother Scott. Keep your word. Never forget, Sister Kathy, you reap what you sow. Brother Joe, don't you ever forget. Don't, let you, don't you let your wife forget. Don't you let your mother forget, your brother forget, that God will never let you down. Never, ever. Brother, we might, I pray we don't go through anything like we just went through with this pandemic. I pray we're recovering and we're on the way to a healed society. Regardless, God will never let you down. 
never let you down. And sister, you don't need to text me about what to pray about something. You don't need to. I, I, you welcome to. But I'm telling you, just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Listen to what Solomon said again. He said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And that's a mouthful. My son, hear the instruction of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. Simple thought, read the instructions. Instructions say your word is your bond. We start by being a man or a woman of our word. It doesn't have to be some profound occasion. Just be, be what you say you are. And the second line of instruction says simply, you'll reap what you sow. Throw the instructions away. And the third line of instruction says, don't ever forget God and never let you down. Even when you're so sick of Pastor Harry and because he just doesn't disappoint him. Just do the right thing. Woo. Doing the right thing more often than not means you can't do the selfish thing. You can't do the thing your flesh is screaming to be done. Brother Lance, you can have your rope back. Thank you, sir. Read the instructions. Thank you, Lord, today for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. 